morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 138. And like I told you a week or so ago, we kind of did things a little bit backwards. We had recorded 139 before we recorded 138, and we had some... We, you know, kind of felt like the uh, uh, the airline system where we just had trouble lining up, uh, getting things going here. But we are now ready to go here, and I'm really excited to have Nicole Dixon from Holy Innocence High School in Atlanta, Georgia, here on the podcast. Nicole, we have finally landed this plane, and we have finally hooked up to record something. How excited are you? Hey, I, I have been excited. I'm ready for takeoff. Let's do this thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, be- before we talk to Nicole... We, of course, want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple in Omaha, Nebraska. Coaches, if you have any uh, balanced neck or spinal issues that you or your athletes need checked out, go to COSACchiro.com or give them a call at 402-964-0300. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. Obviously, if you're listening, you're on iTunes, download, rate, review, give us five stars so that we can gain momentum in the ratings and help as many coaches as we can to hone their craft. Any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Again, thrilled, honored, privileged to have Nicole Dixon, my friend from Snow Valley uh, Basketball Camp, Snow Valley Basketball School, excuse me, Coach Showalter, didn't mean to refer to it in the wrong way. Uh, have your have your calves and feet recovered from Snow Valley, Nicole? I have been doing a lot of stretching. I actually did a two hour massage oh, uh, wow. after I got back. Yeah, it didn't do it didn't repair me completely, um, but it, phenomenal experience. Uh, that's the best part of my summer, maybe even the best part of my year. <laughs> the the two hour massage after Snow Valley. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Well, we deserve it. <laughs> Definitely so valid. We deserve Thank it you. after 16 hours on your feet for for 3 or 4 days in a row. So, uh uh well, hey Nicole, let's get let's get going here. Uh we're both kind of in the throes of the beginning of the school year here. Uh so we we want to get through a lot of stuff if we uh as much stuff as we can here in the next hour or so. Uh so uh let's you know, just to give you a chance for the folks that don't know a whole lot about you, just give us a little bit of background about yourself and 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 your basketball journey and how you ended up at Holy Innocence. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, grew up loving basketball. I think when I was four years old, uh, I saw a big orange ball um, around an electrical wire up in the sky. And it's one of my favorite stories my parents tell that I looked up and I was like, hey, there's a basketball daddy. So I have uh, loved basketball for a really, really long time. Um, Was able to play basketball. under a lady named Lynn Hatcher at Mountain Cells Academy. It's a Catholic school in Macon, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And her assistant uh, was Jan Azar, who I later got to coach with years and years into the future. I went on to play basketball as a walk-on at Mercer University uh, under Billy Holmes and Sybil Blaylock. Uh, Loved it there. Majored in biology. And really, I really thought that I was going to go into physical therapy or even do pharmaceutical sales and long story short um i was doing some free lessons at my old high school and it was in the summer their coach actually left and uh my old athletic director a former athletic director at the school came and and found me and just said hey what are you doing next year and uh, i was working about four different jobs and getting ready to 
applied to PT school. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, man, you'll love this. You could do this, make some money. Um, long story short, I didn't make a lot of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I absolutely love the kids, love what I got to do every single day. And uh, my dad was proven correct that, you know, I would I'd end up being a, a teacher and a coach. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was able to learn a lot at Mountain Sales. I was there for three years and um, I coached softball, basketball and was the head track coach. Um, I uh, put it definitely put in my time for softball. I, I coached the uh, middle school JV and varsity team, varsity wow. assistant. And uh, same thing with basketball. Um, I actually told our athletic director, who was coaching middle school basketball at the time, I was like, hey, let me, you don't have time to coach middle school. So I was a head middle school and head JV coach, assistant varsity. And then for some reason, they made me the, the head track coach and um, landed a job in America, Georgia, uh, in a small private school. And uh, we took them, they won, I think it was six, six games in four years, if I'm correct. And first year we won 20 games and uh, I stayed there three years. Last year we, we lost by one or two in the final four and um, was really going to get out of coaching mm-hmm. and well, high school coaching and go on to, to be a grad assistant. I had some opportunities um, to be a grad assistant for basketball and Jan Azar blast in the past uh, found out about it. And we had been talking some and she's like, Hey, just come look at this school called the Wesleyan school in Norcross, Georgia. And I was adamant that I was not going to teach and coach there and, uh, got on campus. Um, I did everything wrong during the interview uh, process. So, um, no one can follow my footsteps there. Didn't really ask good questions. Uh, I listened a lot and uh, I taught a class and, uh, they came back to me and just said, Hey, uh, we want to hire you and you'll be our head softball coach head JV basketball coach, uh, assist Jan in varsity basketball and teach middle school science all day. And, uh, I was not sold. And, um, the head of school sent me, um, this contract and I'd never seen that much money in my life for teaching <laughs> coaching. And, uh, I really couldn't believe it. Um, and talk some more with some people that they coach and, and taught at Wesleyan at the time. And, um, found that it, it really was a place I wanted to be. I wanted to be a place that was high academic, uh, where the kids were challenged throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to athletics, that they really believed athletics would be an extension of the classroom. And, you know, uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, Jan, when, when, I, when she coached me in high school, she also coached me in softball. I really didn't want to play my senior year, and she just about forced me to play. And um, I'm glad I did. And I was able to use that story um, as a head softball coach and turn that program around um, for softball and created quite a powerhouse and mm-hmm. um, won a lot of state championships at Wesleyan. And, uh, yeah, I always said if the Holy Innocence job came open, that would be the, the head coaching job that I would take in Georgia. The one place and you'd leave for. Yeah. Head, yep, exactly. And so it came open, and um, I was dragging my feet a lot because I – uh, my heart was definitely Wesleyan. It's, it's kind of like the, the school that raised me how to be a coach and a, and a teacher. And um, they, the athletic director, Ruth Donahue at the time, just, I mean, she just kept coming for me. And <laughs> I, it had to be four to six weeks before I said yes. Yeah. And it, it was a fantastic decision. Uh-huh. Um, 
and I am in a phenomenal place. I feel really, really supported. Uh, high academic standards. Um, definitely athletics are extension of the classroom here as well. Our athletic director is now Tony Watkins, and he's phenomenal. Um, but, you know, anything the kids need, um, we're able to to get that for them. And um, the school really values their, you know, just balanced education here. And um, I, I feel honored to, to be a part of the community. Yeah. Well, you you had a difficult decision to make, and and you not only did you did you leave, you left for a rival, uh, or to to go to one of your biggest rivals, uh, mm-hmm. and and you were extremely successful uh, while you were at Westland. Uh, you were the assistant coach. You were a, a, a huge part of it, and uh, but you but you wanted to build your own thing at Holy Innocence as well. Uh, You'd have, you know, what were some of the the lessons as you as you were as an as you were as an assistant coach at Westland? Uh, what were some of the the key things that you wanted to bring with you to Holy Innocence that you that you learned at Westland as an assistant coach? Um, a lot of things. Um, you know, it is about holding the kids accountable and and doing so by loving on them, uh, putting in a tremendous amount of time and love and care, um, you know, which is what our staff, both from softball and basketball did um, with the kids and the kids, it's like a boomerang effect, right? You, you pour into them like that. Um, and eventually they, they start to understand that you're holding them up to high standards because you really do um, trust them and, and care for them. And, um, you know, I learned how to be consistent um, as a coach, you know, I was I was still pretty young. I, I was 27 uh, by the time I went to to Westland, and I had three years of a head coaching uh, experience with basketball. Um, but I think being consistent as a coach um, and listening, I really learned that. Um, really learning how to incorporate all different types of players into practices, um, practicing JV and varsity together and learning how to use my staff um, in a way that would bring them value and give them responsibility. Um, you know, Jan did a really good job at, at building that program. Uh, Marty, you know, we were fully immersed during basketball season. Gosh, even before basketball season, I'd, I'd leave the softball field with a couple of basketball players and we would train uh, for 45 minutes to an hour just and do shooting drills and whatnot. And mm-hmm. uh, during the season, every Saturday, um, I would work with uh, elementary school kids um, at our school, as well as other coaches would do the same. And, you know, that afternoon we might go and keep the clock or coach the middle school kids or sit on the bench with the middle school coaches and the teams and, and pour into them. And, you know, and then we'd get up the next day and we'd, you know, go teach and, and then we go coach our JV and varsity squads. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were just, we were building for the future. So seeing kids through a telescope um, and not a microscope, really seeing like what you could be and then showing them that vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I really learned how to do that. Um, one of my favorite things that I was allowed to do for that program is I would create a slideshow at our banquet into the seasons over with you know, we would have fifth through 12th grade players and our student athletes in the banquet. And over the course of the, the year, uh, we had a photographer that would come in and he, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. He would take pictures of fifth graders 
and I'd pair him up with another picture of a high school student, maybe you know diving for a loose ball, or maybe they were trapping, but just basic tenets of the program, yeah. and just to show the growth um, yeah. that could happen, to give them a vision of of what that could be for them um, to continue to play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just I'd say probably one of the biggest thing is is iron sharpens iron. I coached the JV squad, and we were we were really good. Um, each year, but we were really good, not because we necessarily had Division One players every year, but we had kids that every single day uh, we would match up against some of the best players in the state and the country, and uh-huh. they would they would rise to the occasion. That it would be a little scary at first, and yeah, um, but I found that you know if you hold the kids to those standards and you tell them that hey, you can play uh, with these kids, that iron really does sharpen iron, and and we were able to improve those kids and you know, mind, body, and spirit throughout mm-hmm. the season. You, uh, obviously you referenced it earlier. You coached a lot of softball, you did some track and then, you, you know, you have, you know, the, the reason you're on here, of course, is we're talking hoops. So you've, you've, you've worn a lot of hats simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but you were also able to be really successful in a, in a lot of different arenas. Uh, you know, Nicole, what was, uh, or what has been kind of some of what you feel like, and don't be modest here, please. Um, you know, what are two or three keys that you have or, or pieces of advice for coaches who, you know, maybe, you know, I'm at a smaller school, so I have to be the, the, the mm-hmm. head volleyball coach because we just literally don't have anybody else, but my real passion is basketball, but I, I'm still sure. competitive and I want the volleyball program to succeed. You know, how do you keep that balance and build multiple programs at the same time? Uh, your agenda has to be to love kids. Um, you know, my passion, I love basketball. When I was a kid, I'd sleep with the basketball. Um, that hasn't, well, I don't sleep with my basketball anymore, but that, that, that would, that would be awkward there. as a, as a, as an adult woman for you to sleep <laughs> um, with the basketball. But that I'm passion gonna... still is there. Um, uh, but I really did learn if, if you put, uh, the kids first and, and that is your agenda, um, not your own ego, not your own passions, that things will fall into place um, pretty naturally. And that's the biggest lesson I learned. You know, I, I I took over that softball program and, you know, I found coaches. I found opportunities to grow for me and for them. Um, you know, I, I made it my mission to make sure those softball kids had the same opportunity um, I recruited heavily from our basketball girls, especially during the summer, yeah. um, got them to come out for softball. And what I found is that you can form a really good team. Um, if you've got basketball players on your team and that softball players and lacrosse players benefit from playing, um, a sport like basketball, because it, in a high level program, um, that you know, I've been honored to be a part of. Those kids are really pushed um, mentally, and they grow um, over time, and, and they get to be mentally tough and have a lot of grit. And so, you know, just encouraging the kids to actually play multiple sports, and you know, they don't all have to play club. Um, but just, as well, but, but just, but just being competitive things. at all, you know, as often as That's possible. Right. Really, like That's you were right. saying, iron sharpens iron. There. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you too much there. So, but I, I threw that in there. So, um, you know, was it or you know, has it been easier for you to sell multi-sport athletes 
as a as a coach that is coach, coaching multiple sports, and you can tell your basketball kids, hey, you don't have to play basketball 13 months out of the year to be a successful basketball player. You can still do softball and have a lot of fun with softball while also being su- successful in basketball, as an example. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a young lady in our program now. Uh, she is a sophomore, and she just committed to Stanford University in California, and she plays volleyball and she is really good at volleyball. It, I use her as an example frequently because she needs a break. You know, she, she loves basketball. Um, like I love it and would do it all the time, but also has a passion for volleyball and it gives her a nice pressure release. She still trains. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, sometimes when you focus so much on just one thing, uh, no matter how much you love it, you get burned out. Yep. Um, and you know, when you're when you're raising kids, sometimes you think, "Man, that kid will never get burned out." We all do it. You know, um, it happened to me. Uh, I hit a wall in in college, and it's it's going to happen at some point. Um, you know, it's good to focus, but at the same time, just you know, encouraging the kids that I coach, "Hey, do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you know, try track." You know, be in a situation where you're not the starter. Um, go out there and pick up lacrosse and, um, and, and <laughs> you know, be in a situation where you're humbled a little bit and you, you don't know the rules, mm-hmm. you know, and you're learning from someone else. And so I, I feel like those opportunities um, really teach the kids how to be more diverse um, as they go off into the world and, um, they can come back and, and bring things from other sports to, to our team. And I really feel like they can take a lot of lessons they're learning in basketball. Um, like, hey, leave it better than you found it. Be a great teammate. Um, take responsibilities for your action. Um, we're big on, you know, one body, many parts or one team. And, and what that means for us is everybody's a piece of the puzzle. Um, it doesn't matter if you get all the playing minutes, you get none of them. Everybody serves a very valuable role. And, and sometimes it's good for um, some of our elite players to go to another sport and really have to work um, to learn that sport. And, and that creates um, an opportunity for them to grow, which is, you know, my, my main concern for them as they leave us and they go off into to college. Want to know more about a pen and a napkin and all the resources it offers? Go to a pen and a napkin.com, a great resource for any coach at any level. In addition to our A Pen and a Napkin University video library options that are available to order, we have hundreds of pages of notes, from one-page handouts to book breakdowns to original coaching notes. We also have coaching links, a full catalog of every A Pen and a Napkin podcast, and ways to contribute to the growth of A Pen and a Napkin. Apenandanapkin.com is a coaching resource that will help you become a better coach. You, uh, you know, you've also done some stuff with AAU and embraced some of that a the 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 AAU culture. And, and there's a lot of high school coaches that, for various different reasons, are not as uh, willing uh, to to embrace the the AAU culture. Uh, you know, kind of what's your perspective on it? Uh, you, you've been a, you know, from, from, we, we've talked a little bit and some stuff online and that type of thing that you've been a proponent of it. Uh, you know, you know, why is, uh, what's your perspective on there? Why are you, uh, in that vein where we, again, we have some high school coaches that are just not 
really willing to embrace that culture? Sure. Um, you know, I really do believe that kids need diverse opportunities. And in our program, yeah, I, I'm going to do what it takes to get uh, colleges interested in our kids um, simply by just inviting them to our fall workouts, um, inviting them to the the showcases that we put on during our basketball season um, and really forming relationships with those those college coaches. But at the same time, um, there's different stages for the kids to get to play on. And, you know, kids today, I mean, some of them do uh, get out and, and play pickup and, uh, but most of them don't, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, everybody wants it to go back to, you know, quote the old days, but um, a lot of times the kids are just, they're, they're so overprogrammed right now. And, oh, and absolutely. Hard, it's it's the know? adult's fault. It's the adult's <laughs> fault. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's not as time and a space for them um, to be in a little bit different environment. And, you know, I think that AAU and and high school basketball um, are mutually inclusive. I don't think they should be excluded from one another. Um, You know, play this, don't play that. Um, I enjoy getting to see our kids in different environments. Again, it's another opportunity for them to learn how to play the game with you know, other kids, maybe, maybe their teammates, you know, maybe their teammates don't know how to play man-to-man defense the correct way. And, and they can give back to the game and serve others by teaching them work. Cause we're huge on it. And when the college coaches see a Holy Innocence kid on the circuit, they're like, Hey coach, just a heads up. Your kid actually knows where help is. I'm like, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, they work hard on it. Um, and then, you know, the speed of the game, um, being in an environment where, Hey, it's, we're gonna we're gonna run a little bit different offensive system, and um, we're gonna play at a, a fast pace. You know, we do that at the high school level, but it is different when you're playing five games. You know, it really pushed them. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons uh, to both, but yeah. honestly, I think both benefit um, from being in partnership with with each other. Mm-hmm. As you're advising your your players about. The next level. You you played at the next level at, at the Division One level. Um, you know you've you've had multiple kids at, at at both places move on to the to the next level. You like you referred to. You got your gal that uh, is going to Stanford and and playing at an extremely high level for Tara. Uh, you know what do you talk to your kids about when it comes to the recruiting process and what they should be looking for, whether it's uh, a high level kid like your sophomore or just a kid that maybe is just, you know, I, I'm looking to go to a, a, an NAIA or a division three school uh, I, just because I, I, I love playing and I want to keep playing and I'm, and basketball is going to help pay for, for some or a, a lot of my college experience. Sure. I think first and foremost, it's just important to remind them, Hey, be where you are. Um, you know, develop here first, enjoy this experience first. Um, because you can't get to where you're going to go if you, you know, you don't have your feet where you are and you don't grow those roots. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really important. I say the second thing is, um, you know, develop your skill set. Um, you know, this is what, if you really, if your why to play in basketball is I love this game and I want to go on to the next level. Okay. Then we're going to coach you um, a little bit different. Meaning, hey, we're, we're going to say, hey, we'll open the gym up for you before school. 
Um, we, we might want to stay later, but we're going to map out um, that player's development plan for them. Um, you know, starting in September, we've got a development plan that um, actually we, we stole straight from UCLA women's. Um, Tasha Brown, one of the assistants there, um, shared with us uh, a template of what they use. And so we go through and we talk to our kids about their their development plan and, and what are some things they need to do in order to develop their game. And that's really based on um, where they are, like what grade level they are. Um, academically, you know, where do they see themselves? And so we walk them through from the time they're a freshman um, sophomore, and, and sometimes you have to go back as a junior because some kids, you know, we've got a kid that just graduated that through her sophomore year said, hey, I want to play college basketball. And about midway through her junior year, she's like, coach, my parents can pay for my, my education, and I don't have to go play, and, and I want to be an engineer. So she's going to fame you, you mm-hmm. know, and, and loving life right now. Yep. Um, and so – those are some of the, the major things we talk to them about, but we never put a ceiling on kids. Um, you know, there are definitely times where uh, when, we, when we sit down in those meetings and I bring in uh, my assistants that want to join um, and have knowledge at the college level. And thankfully I've, I've got a former college assistant coach on my staff. Um, and so she's very, very helpful, but we just say, Hey, you know, think about some things geographically right now. Where do you see yourself? academically what what do you want out of college you know um who do you want to play for um and what does that look like how long are they going to actually possibly be there because honestly in in this day and age you may not have the same coach do you love the school so we tell them this like hey it's not the next four years of your life in college it's really the next 40 Mm -hmm. um because if you didn't play basketball would you still enjoy the school yep um you know, there's a there's a high rate um, of kids now that don't finish either because of injury or or burnout or yeah. you know just couldn't handle it. Yeah. Um, and so we want them to be successful um, in the classroom, and so that they can go on in life and and do what they want to do, mm-hmm. um, and and really love their job like I love my job. Mm-hmm. Um, you organized. I saw on Twitter you had a big event that you organized. I can't remember if it was in the spring or the summer. Nicole, mm-hmm. uh, a, a GBCA uh, mm-hmm. like live event, kind of go into that and, and kind of what was sure. the process of organizing that and and uh, kind of some of the intricacies of it in case somebody else is interested in, in doing something like that in their area. Yeah, and, and I would say, um, you know, once I go through what it's about, um, I'd be happy to help. Um mm-hmm. So the GBCA, um, I'm on the executive board for the Georgia Basketball Coaches Association, and not sure how I got on that uh, and how I was asked, but <laughs> you got voluntold at know? some point. Um, yeah, yeah, and um, so it kind of started. At, uh, I don't know, honestly, it's all a blur now. Somewhere in the middle of COVID, and the the idea was to unify the state of Georgia and have an organization where um, girls and boys basketball coaches could come together and just do a lot of good in the state of Georgia. And um, the president, Alan Whitehart, reached out to me. Uh, he's a boys coach at Milton High School here in Georgia. And uh, we just kind of got going with it. And we were, you know, uh, 
working hard and trying to do some improvements. And on the boys' side, um, they, of course, had already had a scholastic event. The college coaches um, had passed a rule that allowed them to have a June experience that was scholastic-based, meaning um, high school basketball coaches and teams could put together an event that resembles an AAU event. So it's just teams playing teams, um, play three to four games over three to four uh, days. And um, they've been doing that for a couple of years. And on the guys' side, Alan and and the boys' uh, coaches encouraged us um, to try to do the same, to encourage college women coaches to, you know, pass a a rule that said, hey, we can have a scholastic period in June, um, you know, for Division One, Two, Three, um, JUCO, and AIA uh, coaches that, to attend. And at the same time, we had a, you know, and this was during COVID, um, GHSA Commissioner Ernie Yarbrough came to us, a uh, group or a small group of coaches, and just said, hey, we'd love to have a scholastic live period for um, our Georgia basketball teams and mm-hmm. um i listened i heard and then i'm kind of a doer so i just start calling people and um one of my big time mentors uh, gene durden he's a the uh, buford girls basketball coach amazing person highly successful but a better person uh, i called him and just said hey they want us to do this how should we do it and honestly marty um <laughs> we just started calling coaches that that we we know really respect the high school game and weren't afraid to add another uh, weekend to their plates uh, yeah. for recruitment purposes. Yeah. Um, and, and I get it. It's uh, it's tough. Uh, but we just, we challenged them some and just said, Hey, you know, you know, and I did more of the challenging as a female coach. And uh, one thing I said is like, you know, guys, like if you, if you want to have these opportunities, like the guys, like we, we've got to have this, yeah. On this live period. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully there were a lot of college coaches that thought the same. We finally figured out who was on the committee. And uh, this was all during our, this went on for over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, in this past year, Gene and I kept talking to a couple of uh, coaches, um, college coaches. And, you know, they ended up, at first they said, hey, this isn't going to pass. It's not going to go through. And, and here it is, like almost January, which we're in the thick of our season, right? Yeah. And um, they called back and said, hey, we, we think this might happen, but not for 2022, but maybe for the summer of 2023. Well, long story short, um, we didn't know if it was going to be passed or not that Division One coaches could come. And so Gene uh, called me and, you know, Marty, uh, we would have loved to include more coaches at the time, but we were in our season and and we had a lot of other stuff going on too. But um, he said, what do you think? Should we try to do it? You know, I can secure Swanee, but I don't even know if we'll make that much money and get the 16 grand to secure it. I don't know if we'll get that back. And I'm like, well, we always tell our kids, you know, it's, it's not really the level that you play that you play. Um, And there's a lot of kids out there that don't understand how good the division two and three NAIA schools really are. I mean, those, Absolutely. Those, those kids can play, right? Absolutely. Yep. Um, and I'm like, let's let's be good examples here. Let's let's do this thing. And, you know, if it's a flop, it's a flop. Um, we'll figure out a way to pay for it, I guess. Um, and this was probably February. We said, okay, we're going to do this. And uh, end of February. And 
March rolls around. I'm in charge of a junior senior all-star event for the state of Georgia. And as soon as that's over, we really started, you know, figure out like, how are we going to do this? You know? Um, and just because I network and I'm always looking for people that can do things better than I can do them. Um, I knew that a guy named Tim Slater was kind of brilliant when it comes to spreadsheets and just anything scheduling. Um, and so I reached out to him probably mid April, honestly, I was like, Hey man, I know you're really good at this. We want to do this event middle of June. We're way behind the eight ball. Can you help? And he's like, sure. And uh, a good buddy of mine, uh, Jessica from GAC, uh, she's a math person, brilliant. And I was like, Coach G, you know, I know you're good at this. Me, me and Gene can count money, but we can't. We're, we're not great at, you know, putting together schedules for 100-plus teams, right, in the yep. state of Georgia. And we were like, yeah, let's get on, let's get on a Zoom. And that's really how it happened. Yep. And uh, we were trying to – we were going to essentially – they said, hey, y'all got enough to host 84 teams during this time period. They did it in like five seconds. Me and Gene were, you know, we were breaking calculators and everything. I was trying to figure out how to get to that number. Um, you know, but, you know, I'd say that to anybody out there, just always be aware of, of asking advice of people that can just do those things better than you mm-hmm. um, and put them on your team. And, I happen to know that because they're nice people and they've, you know, poured into me and I kind of paid attention to what they're good at doing. And, you know, long story short, the boys side, you know, when they got done with what they were doing, uh, they showed us a much easier, but still very difficult way um, to run the event, do exposure events. And, you know, us core four really just took it and kind of ran with it. And then I'd say, mid-May we were finally able to get into Swanee Sports Academy um kind of learn more about what we're doing and a a phenomenal group of people from the state of Georgia group of coaches showed up and and we just mapped out that day Marty we mapped out where we were going to enter where you know college coaches were going to be uh uh, we added some more time so we could add more teams and We invited 108 out of the 171 teams that wanted to come. That's We only had enough for 108, and um, we did it, and it was organized. We had um, some people really, really step up, um, you know, to, to do some of the manual labor stuff for us. But, it, it, you know, one of the most beautiful things, Marty, This I got to tell you the story because it really is a tribute to all the, the high school coaches in Georgia the first day we show up and we had outsourced the uh, scorekeepers yep. and the and the clock keepers. We show up and there's maybe two. We have seven courts, right? So 14 yep. people are supposed to be there. Two people are there. And we look around and like we meet really quickly. Um, had a couple other hiccups already that morning. And uh, our coaches just said, we got it. And you know, coaches from, you know, East Forsyth and one of my assistants. And I mean, my, my athletic director was there. He showed up and uh, was, you know, prepared to run a table if needed to. And, you know, coach from Woodstock. I mean, it, it was, you know, Southwest the Cab, Kathy Ritchie Walton, who's a legend um, herself, one of the most humble servant leaders I know. But it was a beautiful thing to watch. It made me really proud to be uh, a coach in the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. 
As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Okay, Nicole, at this time, we're going we're gonna to jump into our John Wooden quote of the day uh, from Wooden, A Lifetime of Observations. I'm going to read you a John Wooden quote, and, you know, just be, you know, uh, if, you, if you'd like to uh, comment on it, that'd be, that'd be terrific. So, uh, Coach Dixon, are you ready for the John Wooden quote of the day? Hit me with one. All right. From page 77 of Wooden, A Lifetime of Observations, the quote of the day is, I think neatness and courtesy make you feel good about yourself. I believe that individuals who feel good about themselves are more productive. And, I mean, the the couple of weeks that we've spent together at Snow Valley, Nicole, I think that describes you to a T. I mean, you, you know who you are. You, you, you're confident. You know what you're doing. And, I mean, you just crank out great stuff. So that's, that's what I see or that's what I think of when I, when I, uh, when I read that quote. Oh, I, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I'm a big believer in that. I mean, we tell our kids all the time, you know, if, if you if you look good, you're going to play good. Uh-huh. And uh, my kids may be a little spoiled. I mean, we we find ways to, to get them, you know, they, they are pretty, pretty spoiled. They got four different uniforms, and we've got one pink one for breast cancer awareness that we got. And um, they've got five different, you know, shooting shirts that they have. And a lot of that's to create responsibility. Um, for the leaders to be like, hey, you know, we're going to wear the black short sleeve shooting shirt today. You know, it's just a simple shirt and uh, with different quotes on the back that are part of our bear mentality. Um, but definitely for our coaching staff, um, same thing. Um, it's, you know, we want to make sure that we dress in a way and act in a way that, that it really is uh, life-giving and joyful. And I know me personally, uh, one of the struggles I have uh, during the course of the basketball season is just making sure I, I keep my car clean. And that's, that's actually <laughs> one of the to do's. <laughs> yeah. I, I can relate. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But just making sure that, you know, as a coach that you're, you're doing all those little things. And, um, my office actually might end up being a mess, but my house is, uh, for the most part, uh, stays nice and, and neat. Um, it just, it makes me feel, um, ready for the day. It's, First thing I do is make my bed when I wake up. Um, mm-hmm. That's my first dub of the day, and um, and then just kind of get after it. But I really, um, you know, I, I talk to to coaches all the time and making sure that they understand to you know take care of yourself first. And um, there's definitely times in my 23 years of, of coaching that I haven't been as consistent um, with making sure I take care of uh, my physical and spiritual and mental health and Um, But I've got a routine, and uh, I have people that are accountable for those things um, that that text me in the morning what they're doing and what they're how they're working out, and 
fortunately I'm surrounded by assistant coaches who um, are in great shape too. So yep. we're, you know, we're able to do that for each other. Mm-hmm. Well, let's jump into your, let's jump into your basketball stuff here. Uh, Nicole, uh, I, we're, we're probably looking at 20, 25 minutes left to go before both of us kind of have to split in our own directions here. So I want to get through as much as we can. Uh, first thing I want to talk about with you is, uh, what you guys call the standard. Um, and, and you got three things there, be a good teammate, be a good leader and take a deep breath. You know, uh, where did you come up with that? Why are those the three things that you chose for the standard for Holy Innocence? Um, those are just things that we naturally just do throughout the course of, you know, any practice and any day. Um, you know, being a great teammate, um, it not only, you know, helps everybody around you, shows them respect, um, it also grows the individual. Um, and so I, I'd say that you know, that's, if, if we are a great teammate or great teammates, whether it's, you know, coach to player, player to coach, coach to coach, um, then we're going to be able to accomplish some pretty amazing things together. Um, and so, like I said, a lot of times our, our motto is one team. And, you know, over the course of four years, four-year high school career for a high school basketball player, you know, they're going to continue to grow and learn how to be a better teammate. Um, it might start out with, you know, them day one, not understanding how important it is for them to wear their crimson um, basketball practice jersey. You know, those little bitty details. Hey, let's let's all let's all look the same. Let's look good. Um, but that's part of being a great teammate. Um, you know, pointing at somebody and telling them, hey, thank you, or hey, that was a nice pass. Um, that's part of being a great teammate. Um, taking a deep breath. Um, you know, there's just going to be times where things are hard, yeah. and it, we may have to pause and and listen and grow and learn um through those things but just you know so many years of playing basketball coaching basketball sometimes it's just important to not talk you know just sit and and listen and and take a deep breath before Mm -hmm. we make the next decision um yep so we we really developed those and um, we kind of go into more details with the kids, but I would say those three things are the three main ones for us. Well, and and I think kind of that that when, when you concentrate, and this is something I've read on my own and kind of developed for myself, because uh, you know I think one of the things that I've tried to do better on the on the second the second half of the career here is you know just kind of trying to relax more, and and mm-hmm. and one of the things I try to do before every game is to find a corner and just take two, three, four minutes. And just close my eyes and just take deep breaths to, to yep. calm myself down, uh, to not get too overwhelmed by the moment. And you wouldn't think after 25 years or whatever the number is of doing this that you'd still get that geeked up or whatever. But there's times where you still have to fight that urge to get too geeked up. And I, I think that's something that I know that I've done uh, to help me out as, as, a, as an adult to be a better coach and to be more in the, the present and to, to be the best coach that I can be for my players. So I think it's good that you're having your kids do it as well. Yeah, we've, um, you know, I've got, I've got a great, um, coach on my staff. He's actually, uh, he was a former head football coach and, um, uh, but phenomenal role model, um, teaches sign language and math at our school. Oh, and, wow. um, yeah, he, um, he really got into uh, just, you know, self-talk and meditation. And we went from just kind of allowing the kids to, to lay down flat, 
flat back on the on the ground um, or the court and having you know a, a minute right uh, of just like relaxation and silence and he said you know coach like I can walk him through a whole meditation in one minute and he was phenomenal at at doing so and I started doing it you mm-hmm. know and it, it made me a better coach um I should honestly try to do more of it um I've tried to incorporate yoga into my um my routine as well and um it's hard for me sometimes to get an hour and a half of it but i've got a great 15 minute um yoga meditation that i try to do at least once a week and um it it really changes my perspective in a lot of ways and Mm -hmm. um i feel like you know that's that's one of our initiatives for this year is making sure that we do that um and uh, my assistants are fantastic at reminding me, like, Coach, hey, these X's and O's are really important, um, but these other things are more important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, another thing, and and I think I, I can't remember if I saw this on your website or – and by the way, your website's pretty freaking awesome, Nicole. You guys got a lot of really <laughs> cool stuff on there. So, uh, But there's, there's something – and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this – uh, like a Truth Tuesday or something uh, that that you had on there. Uh, am, am I wrong with that or am I right with that? Uh, yeah. So we we'll, we do Wisdom Wednesdays or Truth Tuesdays, um, and it's just it's a quote um, that we do, um, and then we ask the kids um, to you know to circle up. Uh, we stole this from USA Basketball um, and just go around and say, hey, you know, one thing that. Um, you know, you think your teammate is doing well. And, and sometimes we might, you know, look at the teammate and say, hey, what's what's one thing that you can encourage them to do better? Um, and so that's that's what um, just being honest uh, with encouragement, honest with constructive criticism of your teammates, but learning how to do it in a respectful way. And um, again, it's it's one of the initiatives that we have and helping to grow um, all of our kids and, and the better leaders. Um, we're hoping that by the time they leave, leave us that, you know, they're better from the time they were a freshman mm-hmm. um, and learning how to speak to one another and uh, communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. How did you, how did you sell them on it? How did you, you know, cause sometimes obviously with 14 to 18 year old people, uh, yep. you know, uh, they're going to take one thing and, and do it completely opposite of the way that you would like for them to do that. So how did you, I don't, I hate to use the word train, but maybe Mm -hmm. teach your kids, you know, this is what it's supposed to look like. Uh, You know, that, that, you know, you just don't get to go, you know, get to go off half, half cocked on one of your teammates just because you're mad at him or her because of this, that, or the other thing. You know, how did you, how did you, how did you teach your kids to uh, do this in, in the right way? A lot of it is just we start out by, you know, the coaching staff will give that, you know, praise or constructive criticism, um, you know, to a player or to even to a coach. Um, and it's a lot of how, you know, we respond. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember specifically one day we were in our ox gym and one of my assistants was next to me. And uh, in a nice way, she she encouraged me. Um, but at the same time, you know, she, she basically said, Hey coach, I thought you did a really good job. Um, you know, being flexible today. Cause there was just something we weren't getting, you know, I don't know if it was defense or offense. Um, 
And, you know, I kind of laughed and I said, hey, thanks, Coach, for being honest. And I think that's kind of where it starts. Um, and, you know, I also have I've – got, I've got good kids, or we have good kids. Um, um, a lot of times they've come to our camps. And, you know, every single camp that we do during the summer, we have a word of the day. And we have someone that – and it's always a different person that, that gives like a little devotional or just an example of – you know, how to live out that lesson or that word of the day. And so we plant those seeds pretty young and, you know, it's not going to be perfect and that's okay. You know, yeah. there's, there, there are no mistakes and teaching the kids how to work through conflict. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting Marty. One thing I've seen is that um, over time, our um, kids are being raised to be adverse uh, to conflict, um, but it's important to, help them learn conflict resolution and in any family, whether it's a team or it's like your family you're born into, um, there's going to be some, there's going to be some times where you disagree and there's, there might even be harsh words, but just learning how to still love those people. Um, and learning how to say, I'm sorry, um, too, you know, and, and try to model that myself and, um, you know, and, and, and say, I'm sorry when, when I did something, yeah, and it might it might be something where I could have been right, right? But um, just say you know, say I'm sorry. Um, but um, but yeah, trying to model that. And fortunately, I I've got really good coaches that model that as well. Yeah, don't uh, you know? My my wife has accused me on multiple occasions of of being a bit stubborn, um, kind yeah. of the the Italian stubbornness. And and I say no, I'm I'm not stubborn. I'm only stubborn when I believe that I'm truly right. And <laughs> yeah. and she then fires back with, well, you think you're right a lot of the time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, you know, I'm 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 sorry. Please forgive me. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the for, thank you for being honest with me. So, but she la- she laughs at that all the time too, so she wouldn't mind hearing this on on the podcast. So, that's okay. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter. Send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the a pen and a napkin video library. Let's talk about uh, one other thing I want to talk about kind of with your, with your culture there, Nicole. Um, you, you have something called a tradition board. Uh, yeah. what, what is that? How do you do that? Uh, what, what all goes into it? So forth and so on. Sure. Um, it is a very large board, and you see it right when you walk into our locker room. Uh, and, and we share our locker room uh, with multiple sports. Um, so fortunately, they were, you know, they've allowed us to, to leave that there. Um, but we put any graduating senior, we put their name on that board, and we put the years of, of what we call service uh, to the program on the board. So we have some kids that. You know, gosh, I've, I've been here now. I'm going on seven years. So there's some kids that have been in the program since the fifth grade. Uh-huh. Um, and so 
their years of service would be from the time they were a fifth grader all the way through their senior year. Um, we do that on senior night and uh, we invite you know, all the parents. The one time the parents get to come into our locker room, uh, to come into the locker room. And this past year I've invited uh, former parents. Uh, we were able to do that post, you know, post COVID. And um, I had, had two sets of parents um, whose kids have graduated from our program show up and come and they, they spoke uh, to our team and to our parents um, really briefly, you know, mm-hmm. 60 seconds or so, just saying how much the program means to them. Um, but really putting that name um, into history and just saying, hey, you know, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you leaving this place better than you found it um, because it's our program is it's we do a lot. You know, we we ask the kids to do scouting reports and we ask them to do cold tubs and show up early to watch film and um you know we read through a book and and oh yeah we have two hours of practice and then we also (laughs) you know we lift twice a week so um we we try to honor them that way with that tradition board and you know one of the quotes on there i bet you love it's from you know coach k um at duke it it says a basketball team is like the five fingers on your hands Uh if you can get them all together you have a fist that's how we want you to play and so just a reminder that everybody's a piece of the puzzle um, you graduate from this program. It doesn't matter if you, you never started a game once um, in the history of it. Like you're just as important. Um, this past year, I put a senior manager's name up on the board. She was with me for four years. And, you know, Marty, like I cried at the banquet. <laughs> Probably yeah. more for oh, her. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just a really important way to say, hey, thank you. Um, and I hope you come back in this locker room and, you know, once a bear, always a bear. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is your home. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important. And you bring up a, a, a great thing uh, or a great concept there, Nicole. And, and I know I've really been very, very conscientious about this in my coaching career is that you not only uh, honor your players at the end of the season or at the end of their careers, but the, your support staff kids, your your statisticians, your videographers, uh, your, your managers that, that are putting in as much time uh, in a lot of ways as the players are, and they're just as invested into the program as the players are. But, you know, uh, they, they do a lot of the, the unseen work, but they make it happen for the players. And I think that's so, so important to recognize the contributions of those kids to the success of your program, because without them, we're not nearly as successful because they do take care of so many of those little details uh, along the way. And, and so uh, I know I've been conscientious of that, uh, and it sounds like you have been too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, those those kids, um, especially this young lady, her name was Kendall White, and uh, she poured into it. She didn't really say very much until probably midway through her senior year. Um, but, yeah, she was at nearly every single practice, and uh, – you know, sometimes I, I like to have everything on the clock. You know, I'm like yelling across the, the court, like, Kendall, you know, it's not the clock. Or, you know, this first couple of years, she was funny. Um, and she just would smile back at me and she would do whatever we asked, you know, mm-hmm. video games or, you know, keep track of different uh, stats that we needed from her. What, But whatever, always with a servant heart. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we couldn't have done it without her. Yep, Absolutely. Uh, let's get into one X's and O's thing here, Nicole, and then we'll call it a day. How's that sound? Sure. Okay. Uh, 
ball screens and defending ball screens. Yep. You, you guys like to really blitz and trap and attack. Uh, what's, mm-hmm. the, what's the philosophy behind that? Uh, how yep. do you teach your kids to defend that way? How, how is that beneficial for your offensive players within that defensive mm. scheme to read pick and roll uh, coverage better as, as you see different things as the season goes along there. So let's dive into that. Right. Let's have our, let's have, let's have that. I can't talk all of a sudden. Let's have that mm-hmm. be our, our, our last discussion point here. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we are firm believers that our kids need to leave our program knowing how to play man to man defense. And, you know, it's funny. We're, we feel like we're not very good at man-to-man defense until, you know, end of January. Yeah. Um, and then by then we're still pretty critical. And that is probably the biggest praise that other coaches um, give us. Um, and it is, it's taxing on the, on the coaches, uh, you know, just having the kids sprint to help and, you know, shoot the gaps and it's, it's a lot. And so uh, one of my assistants, um, has really been like an associate head coach. Um, she was with me for six years, actually. We were talking one day, and I'm like, man, like, when we play this kid, I think we need to skinny up and get over the top. Or we play this kid, let's come up underneath. And we were trying to teach all these different coverages that, that we learned in college. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting in my office, and, you know, we're probably even talking on the phone at this point. And, and I don't know who said what. It might have been her. It might have been me. It might have been both of us. And, Man, we're like, you know what? If if it's a ball screen, you know, let's just let's just scramble. Let's call it scramble. We'll blitz it, uh-huh. and because um, it was it was crazy. And so, getting our kids to hedge correctly um, so that we can blitz. Honestly, Marty, it is taxing on them. It is taxing on us. We start in the summer at the camps, like just showing basic footwork. Um, we're starting, you know, I've got middle school coaches that are, are teaching our kids now because we've got a great staff um, from the top up. And um, but it's 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 hard uh-huh. and because it's difficult for the kids to stay low and all this, you know. But like you said, while we're actually teaching that, um, we are teaching our offensive players how to read. All right. Did they hedge flat? You know, where do they step out of the hedging? Are they going or are they actually just switching the screens? You know, how, how can you clip the hip of the defender and really get a paint touch out of that? You know, and definitely at the high school level, um, we start everything so that the kids coming off the screen with their left hands from in our practices because we want them to be competent on both sides. Um, and it's really helped our offensive players to understand how to clip the hip you know, which means you have to start low. Um, you have to set up the screener um, so that you can really attack the defender. And so it's elevated our game. It's it's hard for most of our kids that are experienced to get um, trapped like that in the half court because we'll clip your hip and most people will just foul you. Yeah. Um, but we can also, you know, learn, okay, there's, there's enough room where I can just drop cross and go right back into – um, the gap between the two defenders. Um, okay, like they they switch this. Here's how they do it. Oh, they come under, and I can shoot the three. I've got the green line. I do that. Or mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to throw a little pocket pass here um, to the roller. And so it's. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's, it isn't challenging, but I believe it's 
the reason why a lot of high school coaches don't teach kids how to blitz is because it's hard. Yeah. Um, but we try to do hard things yeah. and we want to prepare the kids for the next level. Uh huh. Do you, uh, do you start out, uh, like two on two and then build up two on two to, to three on three and get a little help over there? Or, you know, how, how do you, uh, kind of what's your teaching progression with that, Nicole, uh, to, to get your kids to play that aggressively? Um, we actually start out with, it, it, it just kind of depends, um, mm-hmm. at the experience level. So if it is, let's say a middle school level where we've got like a freshman that's brand new, the first thing we have to do is actually teach those kids how to screen, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, and so we tried, we tried to do a lot of that in our four on ones. Um, and so we, we like from that point, if we've got kids that can actually screen, they know how to roll and. You know, they know how to set up the screen uh, with the ball in their hands. Um, then what we can do is we'll start out three on three and we'll walk them through it. We'll say, all right, you know, you've got a person sitting here and help. Um, and you've got, you know, over here where the ball screen's going on, we've got a two on two situation. And as they're driving, um, or excuse me, not as they're driving, as they're coming out of that screen, if they try to throw over the top to the weak side, which a lot of people try, sure, um, we want that weak side defender um, to come and, and shoot the gap and get the steal. Uh-huh. Um, and we'll progress from there. There are definitely times where we've got players that just can't um, hedge well, um, and so their feet are not facing the sideline, um, and they're getting too flat, we call it then we'll go just two on two and we'll walk them through that. Um, so we don't have to, you know, kind of muddy up the waters with a third person. And then we'll add, you know, once they get the two on two, we'll go three on three, then four on four and five on five and, and show different rotations. Um, Cause it's, I think the rotation off the ball screen is the most difficult thing yeah. um, that we, we come into contact with um, once they get the hedge that's pretty easy, but it's, it's rotating. Um, and I think it's harder with, um, girls at sometimes, you know, I've taught it to boys and they, they, uh, don't mind taking risk. Mm -hmm. Girls are more risk adverse at first. So you have to really encourage them like, Hey, you know, we're, we're playing, we're playing the stock market here. Uh, we're gambling (laughs) and we're giving you the freedom to go steal the ball. And, if you don't get it, it's going to be okay. We've got help behind you. Yeah, yeah. We literally nailed it, Nicole. We are literally right at one hour and 30 minutes of recording time. So, awesome. boom, nailed it. We we, we are rock stars today. So, uh, <laughs> Did I do okay? Oh, absolutely. Hey, but before we get going, plug any uh, social media. Plug your website. I thought your website was awesome. Uh, and whoever does that maintains it does a terrific job for your girls basketball program there. Uh, so before we officially sign off, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, you know how people can learn more about you and your and your program. Yeah, um, I want to give out a shout out to Chris Ward. He was one of my on court assistants, and he had two kids, and uh, he's uh, not able to coach with me right now, but. He is an amazing dude, and he does our website. Um, anything pretty on social media, uh, <laughs> nice graphics, he does that as well. And you can uh, go to our website, check it out. Um, we've got it's really a good. board there and all our stats. It's at, at HI Lady Bears, at HI Lady Bears. 
Um, you can also uh, follow us on Instagram. Um, if you want to go there, check out that. That is H-I-E-S girls mm-hmm. with an S basketball. H-I-E-S girls basketball. All one word. And uh, yeah, give follow us. Give mm-hmm. us a follow. Give us a like or two. And um, we just appreciate your time. Marty, I appreciate your friendship and all you do to grow the game. Uh, well, thanks, Nicole. I'm really glad. Uh, that we were able to to kind of, we we were kind of like like I said we were kind of like two rock stars when you could come on I couldn't come on and <laughs> and then vice versa so I'm really glad we we found this hour to get something on tape here and 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 to uh, to uh, let folks know uh, about you and about your program and and all the good stuff that you're doing and like uh, you know the feeling is mutual I've really enjoyed our time at Snow Valley together the last couple of summers and. God willing, hopefully our feet and calves might be ready for next year's <laughs> session as well. So, uh, thanks again, Nicole, for coming on. I hope you had a good time. I had a great time. Always good talking hoops. Thank you, Marty. Awesome, awesome. Uh, hold the line just a second here, Nicole, as we wrap stuff up here. Uh, again, Nicole Dixon, the head girls basketball coach at Holy Innocence High School in Atlanta, Georgia. Want to thank her for coming on. Want to thank Cosac Chiropractic again. Uh, want to thank Dr. Kevin and Dr. Heidi for all of their support. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. Email us with any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas. A pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Check out a pen and a napkin.com. Great coaching website. Almost as good as the Holy Innocence Girls basketball website. Just a notch below it. But check that out for any coaching resources. Add a couple of things this week. And, uh, Hey, just a great discussion with Nicole Dixon from Atlanta, Georgia. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day 